I'm Laura Nielsen, and I approve this candy devouring. Fantastic. Look at that. Check you out. I'm like a politician now. Ew. <laughs> Barf. Barf. <laughs> You're a politician for candy. I am a politician for candy. You're a candy politician. People can vote for me without feeling bad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Without having regret. Yeah. They can vote for me and feel good at mm-hmm. night. See, that could even be your slogan. Mm-hmm. Vote oh. for me. Don't have a regret, you know? Right. Vote for me. Eat some candy. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. Right now. Welcome to Mental Health Moment. I'm Emily. I'm Laura. And we are here hanging out, eating candy. Mm-hmm. And... Tonight we get to talk, well, I'm going to actually have Lara introduce it. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, this is a perfect way to delve into this topic. I feel like we're going to do a playful intro, and then you're going to get a little sad, perhaps, and then we're going to bring it back for you. You're going to be fine. Because, you know, tonight's topic is trauma. But trauma. Uh, trauma. Let's just get jazzy with it. Why not? If you Take sing it, it, it's easier. It's not that bad. It's right. true. That's everything's actually a fact. better when you sing it. Uh, and you won't really get sad because we're gonna. Hopefully, this will be very validating. Everybody's got some things that they've wondered about trauma, and they need to know uh, what's normal, what's not normal. And now, in an unembarrassing way, and in a way that will make you feel positive, we're gonna discuss it because we're gonna discuss yes. trauma memory. Yay! Um, the reason this came up um, is because one of us works in a field where trauma is understood and acknowledged as a real thing, and one of us works in a field of cantankerous, crotchety old men <laughs> who are like, why, who, <laughs> I'm yelling for no reason all the time, and they don't have, they're not good with feelings or empathy, and they often wonder why people react so badly, you know, to things like death (laughs) or being maimed. Um, I'm a medical malpractice attorney, so there's a lot of death and maimed and all sorts of other fun topics (laughs) that arise. And a lot of my clients have trauma. And I'm often met with uh, situations where my clients are worried about something. Um, I have clients who will get nervous to even do a deposition and I will need to like take them to the space beforehand so that it helps them prepare for their trauma because, like, they're in therapy and they're yeah. they're aware that if they go and talk about these things, they might get triggered. And so, to, to help calm them, we practice things out. I understand that trauma is real because I read and I'm friends with Emily and like I go to therapy mm-hmm. and so I know that it's real. But there is a, a lot of people who are like, "Well, I don't understand why he or she would react like that, or I don't understand why this person has such a problem with their memory." And the memory thing really bugs me. Um, because you're a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Well, no, I'm no more like I'm a human. Cause like it bothers me that people don't get that. It's that it's normal for it to be fragmented oh. when it, so it really bothers me when my, you know, maybe colleagues is a way to say it. Um, re- react so poorly, uh, to people who are just very obviously going through something and are dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk to a professional to vouch Ta-da. for me. Basically validate my frustration. I want you to be like, yeah, it's cool. super crazy for other lawyers to not get this. Everyone should yeah. understand this. Well, I mean, I think that's the hope, you yeah. know, is is when somebody goes through a really traumatic event, you would ideally in this ideal world that you would hope that everyone kind of has a basic 
understanding of yeah. trauma of, mm-hmm. or, or how to respond to somebody who has been through a trauma. Right. Uh, what we find is our culture is very inept. Oh yeah. At actually just even thinking about how to respond to trauma. Right. And so that's like why people say really dumb things or don't say things at all or, or come across as very shaming. Yeah. Um, even doubt can be a really shaming thing for people who've undergone yeah. trauma. So when people just are like, wait, are you sure that that's normal? Or are you sure that that mm-hmm. happened or things like that? It's very, it's it seems like a lot. It's shaming. Yeah. It's shaming, you know, because it's, you know, you're taking this person who has already been through something very difficult, whatever it may be. And in that, it's that whole, okay, so they've already been through something difficult. Right. And then they, after you've been through something difficult, you, a lot of people tend to not want to share that difficult thing. Right. Because they feel safer if they don't share. Gosh. And then they have to go to their lawyer who's like, oh, give me a chronology of what happened bit Uh by bit and let's talk about it and beat it to death over and over in the preparation for your depot. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and in that, so, you know, there's a few things there, but, but basically like what happens when people share their trauma with other people who are not prepared, mm-hmm. it can lead to, um, increased feelings of confusion. It can lead to increased issues with memory. Oh, uh, really? just because they're trying to retell this, but they're already not feeling safe. Oh gosh. And yeah. so the brain, like the brain's main job is to keep us safe. Yeah. Right? Like it's like all about like fight or flight or freeze or like, like how could I keep you safe? And so when you're trying to tell somebody all about your trauma and you're not already feeling safe about it, uh, you may forget a lot of details or you may recall kind of different things about it. And when you can't do it in a safe environment, uh, you might actually re-traumatize yourself. I was going to say, is this somehow, or is this sometimes when people, uh, they can dissociate sometimes Uh when they talk about it? Yes. Um, and then I think you were telling me, you've told me before, because you used to work with people who, um, had been abused. Uh-huh. And um, sometimes even physically, they physically have a reaction to the things that they say because their body is literally reliving it. And I mean, that is number one thing I would like to avoid is I don't want to re-traumatize my clients. I think I've even texted you before like, okay, listen, I have a person who's coming in and I know this is going to be horrible for them, but we have to do it. Yeah. And you've given me some good tips on how to keep people calm and remind people to take breaks and things because that those are the worst case scenarios is you right. don't want people to re get, get re-traumatized basically. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. And so then to, I don't know. I mean, there's a few different directions we can go with this yes. type of thing, but we're going to first focus on just kind of normalizing that trauma. Yes. I mean, because a lot of people have trauma. Yep. And we're talking about uh, pretty significant trauma. We're talking yeah. about um, things that have happened from their childhood. We're talking yep. about um, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect. Um, loss. Loss. Death, grief. Things like that. Yep. I mean, anything like that can be traumatic. Yep. And it can really mess with people. Yeah, which is, you know, what's so sad. In addition to being a kind of dead area of law, um, in Utah, it's really hard to sue just for emotional distress. I mean, you can tack it on if you have uh, monetary damages. People will take your case. But I have people who call me all the time. Um, and this is never a case. I never am able to take this case because of the laws where they're like, I 
almost died. I woke up sometimes this is rare, but sometimes people wake up during anesthesia and they see themselves, um, and then they feel pain and then they almost die and they have this horrible ordeal. They code, blah, blah, blah. All these things that are like, this is, this is a worse nightmare. And they have no recourse, even if it was at the hand of malpractice, because in the law, people just, they really, I'm trying to impress upon people. The law does not care about your, your feelings about your trauma. Right. That's not a, that's not a valid cause of action. That doesn't have sufficient damages. Oh, your feelings are hurt. Who cares? Boo hoo. And it's like, this person is going to have nightmares for the rest of their life of waking up in the, unless they go to therapy, unless right. they get help and that unless should come be, to therapy. And, and that's why you've got to validate people's experiences when they are really traumatic. And it's not always like war or, you know, mm-hmm. something horrible. There's a lot of, a car accident could really traumatize somebody. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. just stuff that happens in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. And it can be pretty much, you know, and I think that's one of the interesting things that when I meet with people, um, And we go through criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder, because Mm -hmm. if people have had trauma, that is an indication right there, uh, that I do need to screen for post-traumatic stress disorder because more often than not, if people have been through significant amount of trauma, Mm -hmm. again, no matter what the trauma is, like we suggested, there's a huge laundry list of traumas, um, they can meet the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. And when that happens, um, a lot of times when I say, okay, well, this is clinically the diagnosis and this is where we're heading. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'll be like, but I didn't go to war. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, right. But your brain is reacting similarly. Your brain went to war. It got real scared and, uh, was really threatened and it's reacting as a result, like kind of like you went to war. Sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. is it, is that really hard for people to put their head around sometimes? Uh, yeah, it yeah. can be really hard because it, they're just like, but wait, what? And, but I also think that, that helping them understand that there really is something going on in our brains after yes. the trauma and the trauma has affected them. I think in a way it's almost it's like a grief process because, oh my gosh, this really did happen to me and it's so hard, but there's also that validation Yes, of like, yes, this did affect me negatively. And you get to not be embarrassed by the fact that you're having a hard time with it. Cause I think half the battle for people is they don't, no one wants to feel like they're being a baby about something, um, that, oh, well maybe someone else could handle it better or whatever. Listen, your, your brain, all it's doing is trying to protect you. Like you said, you can't punish it for when it chooses to do that. And you can't really argue with your brain. Your brain did this on such a like subconscious level. You can't say, Oh, well, that was a dumb time to try and protect me. Mm-hmm. I could have handled it. No, listen, it happened. And if your brain is doing some stuff that is very post-traumatic stressy, you've got to, it's, it's okay. That just means your brain was working. If anything, exactly. right. It was your brain to was doing you. everything it could to keep you safe. Yeah. Because and your brain's like, Danger, Will Robinson. Right. I cannot. And I think, you know, when traumatic stuff happens, you know, our brain does a few different things, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and obviously everybody's brain, everybody's situation is a little bit different. So of course, you know, your reactions are going to be a little bit different than the next person's. Yeah. But things that brains do, Mm -hmm. um, when in traumatic situations, and again, this is not an every person scenario. This is a very individualized case by case basis, but what I've seen clinically and, uh, what Laura's seen in her practice as well are, 
you know, people <coughs> really struggle with memory stuff. Yes. And this is what really, this is what I really want to hit home today. Cause I just hear this story too often. What, so what is the kind of stuff that happens to people's memory that can, uh, be a sign that maybe they've got some post-traumatic stress disorder or, or if they don't meet the criteria for PTSD, they clearly still have trauma. Yeah. They, they, you know, what are some of, what's like trauma memory like? So trauma memory is, you know, you don't remember all the details or mm-hmm. you maybe just have like a partial memory or uh-huh. you may not remember details at all. Oh, wow. Um, so like people who maybe had been abused as children, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is also something I screen for as well. If I say, cause I ask kind of about their whole history and I'll right. be like, okay, so tell me about your childhood, uh-huh. you know, and let's talk about kind of that whole thing. And if they are like, you know, I don't really remember from like five to 10. I have no memory of that. What? That's going to be a huge red flag for me to be like, Oh my gosh. I think there's something sketchy that happened right? and we got to figure that out. Right. Let's talk about it. Oh boy. And that actually happens more often than not. Really? Because the brain is just like, you know what? This was too scary or this was too hard. Mm-mm. Okay. I am not going to actually even. Mm-mm. Wow. Cause um, can you, can you quickly, uh, explain for me a little bit? Cause I, I mean, I'm coming at this from a lay person. I'm not a therapist, and so I don't know it. So I actually brought um, research because this is how I do my life: is I do some Googles, and I found some. Uh, they're yeah. they're legit. They're from like PubMed type things um, about scholarly uh, articles. <laughs> scholarly articles, trying to figure things out. But one thing that I've um, heard is that repressed memories. Uh, the way that they were talked about in like, I don't know, I feel like it was like the sixties or seventies or something are probably not, um, real the way that they were talking about it back then. You can choose, your brain can choose not to deal with something. Um, like yep. you're just like, you're talking about, but the idea that I think what was happening is that, uh, therapists or psychiatrists or something were like telling people that something had happened to them and then trying to coax it out of children. Do you know what I'm talking about? So and then false memories, false memories. And there, we're not talking about that can you can you distinguish a little bit of like you're talking about people who with proper therapy and coaxing they could be able to talk about these things it's just mm-hmm. as opposed to um i don't know what it what is i just don't want alarm bells going off for listeners at home who are like oh i thought that wasn't real i thought that was all just a hoax back right. in the day can you describe like a little bit of so the differences? I, you know i think again it, it you got to make sure that if you are dealing with some trauma or you do have like big gaps in your mental history that you really can't recall, uh-huh. there's probably something that happened that was really difficult. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, you need to go to somebody who knows their stuff about trauma. Yeah. Um, so you don't kind of have to deal with that whole idea of like someone's making something something. up. Yeah. Your therapist shouldn't be telling you their guesses, right? Exactly. Okay. But it is possible to repress it. It's just that the way that maybe culturally we've been talking about it isn't the most accurate description, right? but that is a real thing. Like people forget things. People don't remember because it's not safe for them to remember. Right. And what happens is, you know, down the road when brains kind of start to feel safer, Mm -hmm. um, people, and this is what happens a in lot therapy. is, and even before they get to therapy, so they're kind of like going along in their life. They've maybe moved out of like their, their family home. Uh-huh. They're doing their own thing. They're kind of working. Things are going fine. And then they'll just like have a dream really, or have a thought or have kind of just this like conversation with other people. And then they'll be like, wait a second, 
that happened. Oh my gosh, wow. That's really because interesting. Because it's that whole, like, the brain's like, okay, I'm, I'm safe-ish now. Yeah. And I gotta get rid of some of this for oh, a second. Wow. Or you're safe enough that you can actually know this. Yeah. Oh, that actually makes me feel, this is really weird because I don't want to be getting my jollies from other people's trauma, but I'm <laughs> glad that my clients have con- confided in me then because that means that I've made them feel safe because, yeah. um, yeah, gosh. So, so we're, you're saying that it's normal to have lapses in memory or gaps in, in a story. It's really hard because the thing that the reason this keeps coming up in my work is because we're always trying to get a narrative, yeah. um, of what happened. And then we build upon that narrative so that we can argue the case. Um, they call them, they call them themes. Whenever I go to CLEs, they're talking about, you need to have a good theme of your case to get the jury on your side. Um, so you, the client first tells us the narrative and then we pick a theme. That sounds super manipulative because it is. Um, because it's lawyering. Because it's lawyering. Um, but sometimes the, it's that frustration that lawyers have because they don't understand and their empathy centers have been turned off in their brain where <laughs> they'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't tell us this the first time we met. How could you not tell us this? And it's mm-hmm. like, are you literally yelling at a trauma victim right now? Right. I have almost smacked me a person like I've, I'm, I'm not even, yeah. Like how dare you? Um, because that is such a ridiculous thing. If something is really traumatic and oftentimes in the case of malpractice, the damages are crazy, which usually means someone's really hurt at very mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Um, they're not, maybe not going to be able to talk about it in a complete way. The first time they meet with us, they don't even trust us yet. They, well, you they know? may not be able to talk about it in a complete way really ever. Because right. what happens in a traumatic situation. So, I mean, again, trauma happens, something really scary happens. And, you know, we've talked before about kind of having like, uh, the logical brain and then the mm-hmm. animal brain. And so what happens in a traumatic situation? Well, logic brain shuts down. Yeah. Logic brain's like, peace out, yo, yeah. this doesn't make sense. No. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to be, And so yeah. primal brain or animal brain goes into full force. You're getting all these chemicals released into your system to get mm-hmm. you ready to start to try to be safe. Right. Right? Whatever that may mean. Fight, flight, or freeze, etc. Um, but what happens is the primal brain doesn't really work in verbal stuff. Okay. Like logic brain. Logic, you complete sentences, you have conversations. Right. I mean, it's a very Use logical, analytical and... kind of process. Like, speech is that. Right. And so when people are thinking about their trauma, they may not... They may not think of their trauma in words. Right. Because or, they can't explain it in words. Because no. it wasn't... Being encoded in their in their heads. In their heads as no. a verbal... And so when people say, you know, one of the things that... Um, one of the treatment modalities... And I, we're going to do another podcast on this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the treatment modalities for trauma is actually writing a trauma narrative. Okay. That can be very effective for some people. Yes. Okay. But that's not the case for everyone because it depends on the type of trauma mm. and how the trauma was encoded <laughs> in the brain. Oh, wow. And so when you work with people who have had trauma and you're not sure what's going to be best for them, do you, do you sense it out by the way you end up talking with them? Like, do you, is that something you just suss out, um, is like the best way to do it? And do you give people options for the way yeah. they want to describe it? Or the I, way they- so when they come in and, uh, we get to talking in the evaluation and, and, you know, the spidey sense trauma thing. Like, 
I think something <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yes. And it's yeah. like, okay. Uh, so, you know, we make a plan to go forward in therapy mm-hmm. and, and usually in the first few sessions, it's like, okay, it sounds like, you know, X, Y, and Z happened mm-hmm. and X, Y, and Z was really scary. Yeah. There's a few ways we, and you want to work on X, Y, and Z to resolve that. Right. And they're like, yeah. Okay. Here are our, are our options. Uh-huh. What would you like to try? And really giving them several different modalities mm-hmm. and giving them time to go home and research it, or I give them articles to read or different things so they can really make an informed decision. Oh, wow. And then, but I also give them that opportunity to be like, and look, and we could try one. And if you're like, I don't want to no, do no, it. No, 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 I'm not doing it. Yep. Then we'll try something else. That's really smart. That's why you told me when I have to do, you know, intake meetings that I know are going to be rough. That's why you reminded me, let them take breaks whenever they want. Tell them at the get go, Hey, this is your meeting. And anytime you feel overwhelmed, um, you can leave. And actually, um, for one person who I was really worried about, I texted my therapist as well. I got both of your inputs and I was like, Hey, I don't want to goof this up because I'm not going to traumatize somebody. They suggested that, um, I get a cold, like a frozen water bottle. Uh-huh. And then because people dissociate and sometimes yeah. sensory things pull you back into reality. So to touch something cold, or was that you who told me that? I can't no, I remember. It was with another person, uh, will help them come back to uh-huh. the moment. I, and I really love that, um, you can use that sort of like more animalistic or primal brain, um, that, goes off of like a lot of like senses and things to treat that kind of trauma brain. Like you're using your senses to calm someone down. I really like that. Um, I, I really like that you're, we're, we're normalizing the trauma, uh, Let's see. These articles are like dissociation and memory fragmentation and post-traumatic stress disorder and evaluation of dissociative encoding hypothesis. Like basically the way, uh, like Emily was saying, the experience gets encoded in your brain is, is truly different than just a normal memory. Cause right. words are maybe not being used or mm-hmm. it's like, if you even think about it, like a computer, the code is different, right? The, it's truly, so you can't beat yourself up for, because you don't remember certain details or that they come. I have a lot of people who talk about, I'm so sorry. I didn't remember this earlier. I don't know why I didn't remember earlier. Like I, and, and then your brain didn't want you to, because your brain didn't want you to. And then also, um, they, so there's a lot of guilt, but then the article that the title I just read to you concludes that, um, that doubt, uh, can contribute to making the, uh, fragmentation worse. Meaning this, the guilt that people feel or the doubt that they have in their own memory, because they think, well, maybe this means it's not real. Maybe this means I'm doing something wrong. will make the memory feel more fragmented and a competent therapist will help a person understand that, know that, that doubt and that concern and, and the realization that, Hey, this memory doesn't feel normal. That is normal for you because that's exactly how trauma works. Yes. You're experiencing it exactly how science has proven it it works. Uh And I think that hopefully is comforting to people. Like it, it, you shouldn't beat yourself up for doubting. It's that secondary feelings. You shouldn't like beat yourself up for your feelings. Don't be yourself like, up don't for Don't be fact. so harsh on yourself. And, right. And, you know, one thing uh, that I really stress with my clients and myself, too, is can we treat ourselves with gentle, loving kindness? Right. And, and I say that phrase a lot, and I know some of my peeps just... 
whenever I say it, they're like, oh my gosh, stop saying that. (laughs) Um, But it's a good reminder because it's like... But like, can we? Like, like, can we? If you approach yourself and because if you were to maybe say, okay, you know, your friend has had this trauma, the exact same trauma that you had instead of you having it. Would you, you would talk to them do that. how you talk to yourself? No, no, unless you're in a complete total monster, which you are not. Right. And it's, it's so wrong. I think people's, uh, if people haven't experienced trauma in their own lives, they might be a little bit more susceptible to being judgmental of others, but mm-hmm. that is just an ignorance based thing. And I'm sure that a lot of people, if they, if they were made aware of their own ignorance would real, would never do that to you. So even if somebody right. does cast doubt on your experience, don't take that as, oh, well, that must mean I should, I'm not allowed to do loving kindness to myself. No, that person is honestly just not has coming. That lack of awareness. They just don't, they simply don't know. And they, right. if they knew they, they wouldn't, most people would not do that because most people are not monsters. Exactly. It's just that they, they don't understand it because it is a different encoding process. And if you haven't experienced it or you haven't been near someone who has experienced it, how would, how would you know that the computer itself works totally differently? Right. You wouldn't know. So. Right. Because yeah. you just have that training and, well, this yeah. computer works this way and right. that's my computer. And so that's. So everyone must be doing it the same right. way. And it's like, right. no, no. Like, hold on. That's hold on. a different computer. Like, things are, things go different sometimes. Um, okay. I love this. All right. So, so what are we going to do for next week? We are going to talk about, um, quality treatments that are proven to be helpful for people who have experienced trauma um, because I don't, I want, I got all miffed about the whole, let's doubt people's memory and let's blah, blah, blah. And and this and that, but I also got real mad at the idea that in order for somebody to be credible or in order for somebody to get better, they have to like completely re-experience the trauma and like do all this. No, 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 no. No, you got options. No, no, there's options and there's a lot of ways to treat trauma that will make it so that you don't have to relive things and you don't have to be re-traumatized, like you were saying. Yes. You never want to re-traumatize. No, no re-traumatizing no. is not fun. No, and we useless. Like and totally useless. Like, totally why even? Useless. Yeah. yeah. So, we're going to talk about treatment options. So, yes. stay tuned for next week. Um, yes. And that is our time for today. So, we'd just like to remind you, please subscribe. Yay! Um, and it's rate so much and better review. when we sing. It is. Right? I'm feeling really, like, peppy today. Last time, I, <laughs> last time we hung out, I was like, Laura, you just need to have a big old glass of Calm Down Juice. Like I was just <laughs> kind of like stressing with that Sunday night blues, but today I'm feeling peppy, even though the topic is kind of dark. It's super weird. It's <laughs> yes, because you great. do medical malpractice. Because I do medical malpractice, <laughs> and I laugh at my feelings sometimes. <laughs> and on that note, please rate and review us. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> if you like this, you know, yeah, give us a remember shout out. to follow us on Facebook. Join our mental health group discussion. Oh my gosh, on Facebook yes. and. Um, um, also on Instagram. Yep. Stay tuned because we're going to be doing some live stuff down Ooh, the road. So cool. Because we Why figured not? it out. <laughs> so hopefully it won't be as embarrassing as last time. <laughs> and we'd like to thank Jonathan Colton for the music and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I feel fantastic and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day when I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now, right now